Hello, and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Van Hooker. Today's kind of a special episode. Not only is it our 50th episode, but this interview is going to be with Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. This interview is part of a series of interviews I conducted for the official oral history of The Last Ronin, done for Inverse Magazine, in cooperation with IDW. So, uh, once you're done listening to this episode, go to Inverse.com and check out the oral history of The Last Ronin. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's great to talk to you again. My pleasure. Nice to see you again. How's everything going this uh, fabulous, uh, what's today, Monday? Uh, Friday. Neither of us know, do we? <laughs> I, always, I always joke, um, Fridays mean there's only two working days left till Monday, so. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, seems, it feels like it anyway sometimes, so. Anyway, great to be here with you. You too, thank you. Uh, I guess I guess to get started, so I don't keep it too long. Um, sure. I would love to hear what, if you remember anything from those early meetings with Peter talking about this idea. So Last Ronin specifically, what what evolved with Last Ronin, um, to my best of my recollection, was we had um, gotten to the point where um, we were wrapping up issue 11. And so we between, you know, issues one through 10, uh, finishing 11, and then you take into account the four one shots with each of the turtles, we were thinking... Um, well, this is a big arc and we got this, all this stuff going, well, where do we go next? Um, and so we thought about it and said, well, let's look um, 30 years down the road and see where the turtles were then or are mm-hmm. then. And maybe it's quote unquote, the final turtle story, um, you know, resolving a number of things and, and sort of, sort of something like that. And that would give us sort of a lighthouse kind of to navigate towards. Um, uh, and, and that was sort of the idea. So we started making all these notes of what, what the world would be like, what the characters would be like, what had happened throughout that time period and came up with, um, probably, uh, um, uh, a 20 page, Type written document that Pete did. He was oh, all wow. fancy with his new computer. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he, was, he was the first guy I knew that had a computer. And I said, I don't think those are going to really go anywhere. Um, sure. But um, he had done this wonderfully typed up thing. And I, I had a stack, I think, of probably about 20 to 25 handwritten pages. And um, then that was literally at the time when the turtles really started taking off in development with, um, again, it was 1987. So it was, um, you know, the start of all things Playmates, uh, toys, the cartoon show, all that stuff. And so that sort of got nudged to the side, nudged further to the side, nudged further to the side. Um, but that was really the, the spark and the evolution of where this idea started from uh, back then, you know. I had no idea it was that many pages. So, like, have you just had this in the back of your brain since then, or did it reappear someday? And, like, like the Dead Sea Scrolls or something? <laughs> yeah, like, mostly, like, you know, my... You know, what you're seeing in my studio here is just a glimpse. Our entire house is sort of like, you know, your basement times infinity. It's sure. uh, just, I keep everything. And I have, I mean, I still have all the original uh, notes, uh, scraps of notes and, and, and things from the very earliest issues, layouts, designs, concept. And, and I have this folder um, and it was literally labeled and I found it many, many years ago. It was just called Funky Story Ideas. Okay. And I would, and I would just put like... Uh, you know, uh, if if I woke up in the middle of the night and had a um, and, and wrote 
10 lines on a piece of paper and said future story idea and there was stuff in this envelope um and that's where the last ronin eventually sort of ended up in there um it wasn't called the last ronin at the time that's something tom and i developed and and, and what i developed when i when i dusted it off and brought it back out um and so I, I would come across it every once in a while you know i would do this you know uh, kind of fun walk back through time and I go through the archives and I go through notes and just, you know, find these interesting things. Like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. And now, and so with, um, last run there, that, you know, it, it sat in this file and Tom and I, um, uh, when we were getting to, you know, looking down the road towards issue 100. So around 2018, we knew that issue 100 would come out in December of 2019. And we sort of had the path carved out that far ahead now was just doing all the work and we asked the same question that peter and i asked back in 1987 um was where do we go from here once we hit issue 100 what's going to happen next um, um a lot of ideas you know were thrown around and I, I i said to tom i said i've got this idea that peter and i wrote 31 <laughs> years ago which i think could be really something interesting we could explore now let me let me let me dust it off. Let me type it up. Let me sort of restructure it. Um, and I made, actually made notes on the original notes that Peter had typed out and some of my handwritten notes and then did this. It's been about six or six months or so um, typing up what I thought was a good arc beginning, middle and end of based on all those original notes and what made sense um, to, to elaborate more on, to continue and that stuff. And then when I finally got a chance to sit down and Tom, cause he was chest deep and, you know, writing all the issues up to 100. And we really looked at it and he just fell in love with it. Um, we both did. And we, we, we really, that's, that was sort of the genesis of like, okay, let's build out this world of uh, the last Ronin. And, um, and that's when it started in 2000, mid 2019. I'd love to hear if you recall any of the change, like what, like from those original pages, like what made it through that makes sense or, and what changes there were. You, you know, I, I'm hoping that, um, and not, you know, and I'm pretty sure it'll happen. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, uh, IDW will put together a book of all the original layouts and, oh, and you know, my layouts, my notes, my designs and all those original notes. Cause it was, you know, there's two specific sets, but it was things like, um, you know, one of my favorite isms of a bunch of isms that made it from that original concept and were carried forward into this was um, the Fugitoid's head. Hmm. And it was, um, Pete had done this in his sketchbook, he'd done this wonderful drawing of, uh, you know, something, something happens and, um, you know, April needs to get back in touch with the turtles as it was written then. And so she goes to this area in her um, uh, lab and, uh, and pulls out the Fugitoid's head and then knows that she needs to restart it and, and, and get in touch with the, you know, bring the Fugitoid back who's put himself into this stasis sort of, um, you know, limbo and a suspended animation. And, uh, and that big spark, um, and that story was something that we used all the way through, um, as an important factor in the, uh, in, in the last Ronin storyline. Um, the evolution of things like the singes, which is the uh, hybrids of, um, you know, like in Star Wars, they had, you know, the, the, the stormtroopers and the, the clones and the stormtroopers and then sort of the hybrids. And, and that idea was, was a firm idea of having these super ninjas that were sort of part, you know, mostly cybernetic uh, or cyber with, you know, human brains that they were like living zombies, you know, that once, you know, the brain was there, but they were silly dead flesh and they were dying sort of wrapped in these things. And there, there was lots of bits and pieces um, as well as the structure of, 
the important structure of answering a lot of the questions that had been put together, put forth in issue one, uh, which is, you know, it was a revenge story. Uh, it was, a, um, you know, they were trained since birth to basically seek revenge on Orokozaki. That was what, you know, the splinter as a as act of vengeance for his family was to train these turtles to to basically kill a Rokusaki, kill a Rokusaki and you know, this blood feud, um, and a, so a number of other things. And that's been the basis of pretty much every iteration of the turtles since the original Mirage Black and White, all the way through to you know the most recent you know idw turtle universe to a bunch of the other turtle multiverse um, universe things so that was something going back to that point um and then answering that in the last run and was was key um so that that was the the main through line in both versions um let me ask you uh, uh what were some of the influences on it i mean i think we know some of them but i would love to hear what kind of influence it turned out Influences on on the concept on, on what the last Ronin was like. What like I know, Dark Knight Returns, for example. Like I know there was some of those things that kind of factored into it. Like, what, were there other things that you pulled from that inspired it? It was, you know, I'm a, um, uh, you know, pop culture junkie, I guess, and and so there was always, you know, whether it be um, all the, uh, the the bits and pieces that was part of the creation of the turtles in the first place. You know, um, whether it be um, Jack Kirby's Commandy, you know, so the mutant animals rule the earth. So I was in love with mutant animals as a character, you know, uh, the turtles, my grandmother lived in a lake and I used to love turtles, you know, playing there as a kid. It was, you know, the Frank Millerisms. There was um, odes to, uh, uh, you know, Daredevil, Batman, so many favorite characters. That was sort of the, the, the genesis of the original, you know, turtles um, as a creation. And then throughout all of the turtles history, there was plays on, um, you know, things that we loved about pop culture and, and, and bits and pieces um, that showed up in different stories and different forms, you know, uh, turtles, number eight, the Cerebus crossover with it was a big influence um, with the uh, time bandits, you know, Terry Gilliam's time bandits and things. Um, and I could, you know, point out dozens more, but with uh, last Ronin, um, I always loved, um, some of the futuristic visions of um, what the world would look like that came out of the early issues of heavy metal magazine, oh, wow. um, you know, Iki Belial and uh, Mobius, of course, the long tomorrow. And um, a lot of those are put together in a really um, a pretty, pretty neat, pretty fun, campy sci-fi movie called the fifth element, which I really liked. Um, oh, it was yeah. firmly based on a story that came out of the original 1980 um uh, heavy metal movie, um, Harry Canyon, one of the sequences and stuff. And so it was really um, pulling bits and pieces of to build this world from, you know, the Blade Runners and the Fifth Elements and the, you know, other visions of, you know, things out of Terminator, um, you know, the idea that, um, you know, New York City, and this actually touched on both the original 87 idea to what we furthered in uh, um in the last Ronin was the changes in the ecosystem to the, you know, the ice caps melting, the waters rising, uh, global warming um, that had an effect that there was New York was uh, kind of a walled city kind of thing. Um, um, you know, you, you could find that in, um, you know, escape from New York, <laughs> escape from LA. So yeah, I just, I basically ripped everything off. Uh, no, <laughs> Um, but it really is, you know, it's, 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 that's the fun part of, um, um, what we do is, is, you know, really feeding off the wonderful creativity of so many others. And then without, 
hopefully stealing it directly, but definitely being influenced, which is, you know, something that's you know, been, been uh, a thing since the dawn of time is being inspired to and furthering an idea, whether it be in comics or, or whatever. And, um, you know, it's, there's a quote somewhere where artists are the greatest thieves on the planet. They steal from everything. And, and I'll sure. definitely say that, you know, I'm one of those guys, but um, so there's a lot of influences that went into it. A lot of pop culture stuff. I would, um, I, I was talking to uh, Tom Waltz the uh, day before yesterday, and um, he would tell me that y- you guys figured out it was Mikey later. Uh, that, that's correct? That it, in the last turtle story, as you, Peter, you didn't know which turtle it was? Um, no, that's, I, mm, no, oh. I knew it was, it was one of those things, um, you know, I don't oh, want to sleep on yeah. what, what Tom said, but no, I was, um, that was from the very first notes. Um, oh, wow. From from you know from me to Tom from from some of the original that I I wanted Michelangelo to be the uh, the last Ronin because of um, you know he was you know I mean he was the you know this is the first drawing he was the first born um, yeah. turtle um, I think I meant I'm sorry I meant like like it wasn't in those original pages but then it was decided like presently that it was Mikey not back with you and Peter that that's how that is 100 percent correct okay that's right. yeah, not that yeah. No, that's okay. No, no, because it was you know I just didn't want to because I love Tom. He's the you know he's um, oh he's great. Yeah, it was, of course you know we he's just um, um, he's just a genius and you know he's one of those you know I point out at every opportunity to anybody that'll listen that you know uh, look it takes a village to produce a comic book um, and we all had some input in the uh, in the in the hundred issues that um, were done under the first hundred issues that were done on the IDW universe, but um, Tom wrote them all. You know, he's he's you know he wrote a hundred issues consistently, and they're all brilliantly fantastic and wonderfully creative. And you know, it's it's a great support team. But at the end of the day, he was in the driver's seat, and and you know, he did such a such a great job. So when we switched places a bit, um, uh, we switched places on the last Ronin. Um, he he get to ride shotgun for a while, um, uh, like I did for uh, the the first hundred issues, but it was. Um, the evolution of the idea it was um, very specifically organic to the um, to what I would say how Pete and I used to work, meaning that we together sort of broke down and beat out a framework. And then as I did the layouts, the story evolved. The pieces sort of fell into place like a giant Tetris game. Um, and that was great. So we were like, you know, um, in some cases, changing dialogue and changing or tweaking stuff and finishing stuff, you know, on a, on a Sunday night before it went to press on a Monday. Um, and that was sort of the back and forth that we, we did on the series, but he's right. It was like Michelangelo was not, um, specifically named as the, as the, 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 the remaining turtle, um, uh, uh, in the original notes that Peter and I did, but that was my, my insistence and take was that, um, he would be the one in the last, uh, he would be the last Ronin from, from the word go. It was the one that had, the furthest to go as far as a, a character story arc. Um, and, and it made, it was, it was an unlikely choice, but it was also a very likely choice. And, and to me, there was no other, no other choice. To, I mean, it's easily the most interesting choice, right? Like it, yeah. it, it really is like, this is the best story to tell yeah. Mikey being the last one. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Firstborn best story to tell. It was, it was great. Uh, great exploration of that character. Um, now, when you guys were kind of teasing it, uh, was that, uh, and not knowing, I mean, was that, I'm sure it's by design because it was just brilliantly marketed that way. But I mean, I don't know if you'd like to talk about that at all, but it was such a great way to kind of get us interested. It was, you don't know which turtle it is. Yeah. And that was, and it was a debate, um, you know, and Tom and I talked about it a bunch um, as we were heading up to the final page of, of issue one. 
and uh um and and it was you know not say it was michelangelo in issue one uh, or say it and i i in tom agreed i think in the end um we basically said you know to get the audience invested as we are invested in this story and this character the moment you've gone through everything that happened in issue one which is insanely intense right up to the end you know the ending and then the the the, the near death and the everything and i think it's it's you've given the audience you've given the, the readers so much information uh to absorb and, and by naming michelangelo on the last page you sort of put it into like it's a it's a, like a holy shit moment or like what um yeah but it also solidifies the investment in the story because it one it took you by surprise it's a great reveal so but then when you start issue two you know specifically that who it is and that there's still just tons and tons of unanswered details but you know you're now following michelangelo's path which makes it even more to us as the as the guys telling the story more intriguing to the people that we that are reading it to, to join us on the ride and go all right now you got to find out all the rest of how he arrived at this point. Um, so you're fully in, we've, we've sort of, you know, we got our hooks into you and, and now we want to bring you into the rest of the story we want to tell. So, um, yeah, it was, that was cool, but it was, it was, it was one of those, like, you know, if you did it in the first page of issue two, that's kind of cool, but not as cool as, you know, that final cliffhanger moment at issue one, you know, the, um, so, and then, cause that was also the, Issue two, I really wanted to start the reveal. Um, we designed, you know, April as a double amputee and, and sort of focus on her, her, you know, uh, evolution and, and that. So, yeah, it was that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> rewarding where you ended up putting it. And, and I, I, I usually would have said this up front. I'm just, uh, you know, like the, the whole story just really like as a fan, it just comes together beautifully. And it just it hit on all the levels you wanted it to. Like, I, you know, it was worth like, worth every bit of the wait it was fantastic like just from start to finish the whole series just delivers it's fantastic well thank you no and we do it in you know and i i keep bouncing back to um and it's very and it's true on so many so many levels to the 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 way that peter and i put together some of the early issues um you know including being late <laughs> um and that's that's really you know all on me you know i had a um um it was it's to 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 make the story work to me um you know really came down to like i said uh, earlier it's like you know you, we we have the beginning middle and end but the nuances that you're telling as you're doing the page to page layout the, you yeah. know the left to the right the left to the right how you're going to move through and what you need to fit in those pages and it's something that i looked um at um in the earliest demands of what i wanted out of idw nickelodeon to give um us room to breathe and to, and to tell the story again, not assuming we'd run as late as we did. And I can't thank the fans enough for waiting, but it was, you know, larger issues, 40 pages, you know, all those early issues Pete and I did were, you know, between 35 and 40 pages each, uh, the oversized format, which was close to the original format. Um, there was so, there was similar structures, you know, uh, I said, I want to be able to do, you know, um, a 15 page fight scene and you can't do it in a 22 page comics. That was something that, you know, and, and that came directly out of, you know, discussions from, from, you know, Tom and the team and I had in the ongoing turtle series is that you would have all this 
great momentum and these story elements coming together, but you want to do a big fight scene. We just, you've only got 20, 22 pages to tell all that stuff. So you can't do an extended fight scene. Like, you know, um, you know, to me, issue one was one extended fight scene from page one to page page 40, um, practically, um, or 35 of them. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great to have, um, um, the room to breathe, the pace to tell it and, and, and the way to, to, um, have it come together and fit together in a way, um, that was well thought out. And, and that was important to me. I, I, yeah. you know, was so worried that we, you know, um, uh, we'd miss something significant and stupid just by trying to push it through too quickly and go like, okay, we've got to get into the press. And, uh, and, um, so it, it just, you know, the time was taken to make it perfect. And we appreciate everybody waiting and we appreciate, um, the comments so far that, um, you know, that they, 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 you know, the painfulness of the weight was overcome by the, the end result. And that's something I dearly appreciate. I feel like I, don't know, I know some people get bent out of shape, but I'm like, my perspective is like after the fact, who cares, right? Like, like in, for my, like, you know, you hear that like Watchmen and things like that were late and it's just forgotten by time. And the, what matters is the end result and the end result is fantastic. So in the, like while you're waiting, it's hard, but like you got everything you wanted out of this. So I'm like, I, you know, who cares? <laughs> it's kind of well, healthy. <laughs> Well, thank you. And there's an, actually, there's a, yeah, when the, the collected, uh, we've, we, you know, at the same time we were wrapping issue, issue five, we were putting together the the bits and pieces of the collected, which will be out in July, I think. Um, pretty sure July. And I know it's in time for San Diego Comic-Con, but they were, they were, even then it was great to, there was a couple of little tweaks and nuances that um, some sizing and a little, nothing too major um, that we want to tweak from the original run um, to what we did in uh, the collection. But there's, there is an added two page spread that we had, uh, that we'd added into there that I'd wanted, we both had wanted in, in originally in issue four, but there was just no room. So we were able to add that back in, but otherwise, you know, finally getting to see the whole thing in this collected form with some of the behind the scenes, not, you know, not much. I think they'll do an expand expanded behind the scenes at some point, but uh, great. it's great to see it in that form where it's, um, you know, when you do go back and read like uh, dark Knight or, or Watchmen or some of, you know, our the favorite collected uh, series, mini series in one read, you know, you, it's really, um, it's really awesome to, to do that. I uh, wanted to ask you about uh, Peter's involvement in this. Uh, what, what his part was, what that conversation was like, I'd love to know. It was, it was um, short in the sense that, um, you know, he's, and he said, you know, from the word go fully up front, you know, he's fully, he's fully retired and, and he's not really uh, um, that interested in, 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 you know, diving in and, you know, getting involved in something, something big and, and turtles. We did, um, you know, the last time we worked um, directly and physically together was on um, uh, the 30th anniversary of the turtles where we did a couple covers together and things like that. And we did a 2015, you know, part of a 2015 documentary and things. And, and so when um, turtle power, which is the name of the, which is, Oh yeah. Um, just love that. Those guys were awesome. So when, um, when I pulled the story out and I sent everything to Pete and I said, Hey, this is, this is what I would like to do. Um, is the original notes that um, had been developed that we had developed. Here's my additional notes to them. And I send him um, the first pass, my first outline on um, uh, the more treatment, the more broken down version of the, uh, of it. And I said, this is what I'd like to do. And I said, 
love to have any and all comments, um, you know, however big, or however small, if you want in. And he, and he wrote back and he, he had a couple of small comments, um, but ultimately um, he just said, well, okay, this sounds interesting, you know, have fun with it. And, and that was kind of the end of it. And I said, you know, I'll, I'm happy to send you any bits and pieces. And he said, no, I'm kind of, I'm okay. But, you know, sure. you know, carry, carry on, you know, have fun. But so he was made aware. And I think it was um, one of those things that, you know, when you look at how much work went into just a single issue back in those days, looking at something that's 200 pages and it's this big epic thing, you're either going to go, fully vested and all in and you're going to sort of go, you know what? Um, I know I, I see what you're going to do here. Just, you know, have at it. And, you know, maybe, and he said, you know, he said, maybe I'll read it in the end. Maybe I won't. <laughs> but, but, um, I love that. That's fantastic. You know, that's, and that's all Pete, you know, and uh, he's always been very, um, do you know if he's read it? That's great. I'm sorry. This is terrible. No, he's been, he's always been very direct, you know, uh, it, certainly to me in, in, in some cases, it's, he's, you know, he's even like early on in some of the, you know, sending some of the IDW versions. And he said, you know, and after the first year or so, he said, you know, this is really, you know, it's great to see what you guys are doing. He said, but I'm not really reading comics these days. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really that interested in what's going on with Turtles. And I think it was just one of those, and I can totally relate to it. I think when when he sold, um, finally sold his, and, and stepped away completely from his involvement in all things Turtles beyond, uh, you know, uh, a few signings here and there. That it was it was it was a real retirement. He was like, you know, I spent, you know, 25, almost 30 years of my life eating, sleeping, breathing turtles and 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 not, you know, not in a bad way. It was just fantastic. And he said, I'm retired and I'm good to sort of set that over there and worry about riding my bicycle or, or work on my part, you know, making ceramics or doing the other stuff that, um, you know, uh, he does and enjoys so much. Um, but uh yeah, so it was a full full on retirement, which is and, and you don't know if he's read it. I'm sorry, I do not know. No, no. <laughs> that's funny. And that's you know, honestly, you know, it's like our our text and our communication is, you know, he just had a, a, a his, his first grandchild, and you know, oh, that's, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, you know, hey, he's, how's Arthur? How's this? How's you know, it's like, um, you know, Janine's walking the dog today. You know, it's just it's all very just yeah. basic. You know, how's it going? Yeah, <laughs> um, that's awesome. Kind, kind of stuff. It's just quite quite lovely so i don't want to keep you long but i wanted to kind of breathe <laughs> through a little bit uh issue by issue we've talked about one uh yeah. but i i don't know if you, like i want to cover like the different deaths and stories if you want to if there's any comments you want to make about each one um is there anything you want to say about Raphael's demise because i you know each one is brilliant in its own way but is there anything you want to say well, about? well first thank you and and you know that was some of the stuff that you know tom and i um talked about a lot and and each one needed to have um uh, you know, of, you know, it was um, was quite specific and quite. Um, um, I want to say this uh, wor worthwhile. That's not the term I'm looking for, but it was it was with with great purpose and great intent. It was like it was it was one of those that wasn't a it wasn't quote unquote wasted or wasn't um, you know just uh, you know a, oh we're just going to kill off this character we're going to do this. It had to be an important component and solid building block um, of the story sure. and, and the pacing of the story. And, and as we revealed the stories, you know, the involvement of the different pieces. So, you know, with Raphael, it was, um, you know, uh, you know, they were, they were, um, 
um, after a, a long truce, they were they were ambushed and they were attacked, and and Raphael reacted exactly how Raphael reacts, and and it was, you know, with blood and vengeance, and um, and it was it was one of those um, um, moments that was each one was heart, you know equally heartbreaking, no matter how you sh- you know shape it, but it was something that that's exactly what Raphael would have done in it and it and it set up by dan a dynamic and a structure which was important to like you know putting you know because we didn't want you to know what happened to cry after that scene where she pulled out of the water but that's an important part of what you then saw in with Hiroto so that was an important building block and what, what he needed to do which spun everything going forward into um one of the uh, pieces that was uh was next and um you know and I want to give a shout out again to um uh, ben bishop who oh yeah um, he's a friend too I, I love that guy he's so great yeah no he's he's he was one of those i it was it was tough because david davaloni and i you know we david and ben and i all do the drawing blood project and um uh, and we literally you know I, I needed to pull ben off our creator on project sure. to do this because i really wanted him to do this uh you know, uh, David Mazzucchelli sort of Batman year one S kind of um, approach to these flashback scenes. And I had, a, I wanted it dynamically different from what the Escorza brothers are doing. So I wanted, I directed them to do this in this way and Ben's in, in a very softer and then massively colored both versions by Luis uh, Antonio Delgado, who really did oh, this sure. wonderful separation with his coloring um, on each. And so, um, you know, leading into, uh, you know, the second um, with a uh, set up everything, the explosion of the, you know, the final destruction of the uh, um, second time around shop and uh, what happened to, you know, how how Casey and Leo went down as these new sort of guardian angels after the, the foot war erupted in New York. And they were sort of the last bastions, sort of the last men standing, line, last line of defense, working with the police and, and working to sort of help save the city from full takeover by the foot. Um, and then the reveal, of course, to to Baxter Stockman and, and what his um, plans were was it related to the Fugitoid. So it was, um, but that again, you know, that, that final scene with, you know, you look at this insane um, onslaught of Mausers and, and these um, uh, robotic foot soldiers coming in and, you know, they're talking about ordering a pizza, which was one of those moments where, um, it was it was not humor, but it was appropriate butch butch and Sundance kind of moment oh, of yeah. like, you yeah. know it's our last stand we know it and but we're going in and 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 that's it it's this is no bullshit and uh, you know who's gonna buy the you know who's buying the beers at the end kind of thing um, um, but that was um, that was great and I got to use one of my my favorite um, um, we were talking about um, genre influences. Fugitoids, you know, um, you shall not pass, which is my favorite, you know, Gandalf line from from um, um, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And that had an important moment because of what I was thinking I wanted to do. And I had not done, you know, had arrived at the final big fight scene between Fugitoid and, and, and Baxter Stockman at the end, you know, but that was one of those memory cores I wanted to establish there. Um, and that set up, you know, Michelangelo's being propelled to go to Japan and what happened to April. So, um, 
the toughest, um, and they were each equally tough. Um, and as I just continue to babble and carry on, you know, no, no, was, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. So, um, but yeah, going to, you know, Donatello and Splinter, that was, that was, um, that was super tough, but it was, again, as, is Tom and I walked out the nuances and the bits and pieces of the story it made, it was exactly what should have happened. Um, and that, um, Donatello would have gone with Splinter to the original Clan Hamato. They sort of they wanted to establish that link um, for a couple of different reasons. That there was a, a base of um, uh, the Clan Hamato that would have been, you know, a nemesis of the foot throughout. But that's they would go there together, uh, and we wanted our our Yoda in combat moment, um, if you will. Um, yeah. But we wanted to show Splinter because it's really never been fully done in that way that we, you know, he is a Jedi master and he was the, he's the teacher and the trainer and he's got this journal that he's written all this, you know, this stuff down his lessons and his, his philosophies and, and stuff. Um, but we've never shown him the way we wanted to show him in that, in that final, in that final fight sequence, which is, you know, um, just a fight to the end and just a ferocious, um, you know, uh, samurai, if you will. And, uh, um, so it was with great, um, difficulty, great, um, and none of them were easy, but they, they were, they were well thought out and specific and they really needed to be choreographed in a way that had, uh, um, great importance, uh, to the story and an effect of the whole story. So it was, um, it was, uh, um, one of those, um, um, a lot of late nights and some sleepless nights <laughs> of like, ah, do those pieces fit together the way I see them in my little pea brain? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, thanks. It was, it was, it was, um, it's, um, was the plan we have Mikey, uh, die at the end. Yep. Cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, uh and that was important because, you know, it was one of the things that, um, uh, and there's nothing, I, I think one of the, you know, the greatest graphic novels of, of our time. And, and at that time, certainly it was Dark Knight. And um, what Frank Miller, I was a, you know, I was a huge fan of Daredevil before Frank Miller came on board. When Frank Miller, that was my introduction to Frank Miller was Daredevil 158 and what he did to my favorite characters. You know, I like Batman. I, I was I was the guy that liked uh, the more grounded, if you will. I liked, you know, I like Batman. I like Daredevil, Iron Man, um, Captain America. Those were my, Kind of my 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 favorites and um but daredevil was always um, numero uno and uh what he did in that series was um just it's so insanely inspiring and and so fantastical um uh, you know written for someone that was of that age you know middle um teens to upper teens um and so when he when he what he did with uh with uh dark knight was just a furtherance of brilliance and if I could complain about it and I won't complain about it because um, the story went exactly how he wanted it to go was in when I saw that Batman had lived at the end, it was one of those um, things that I said, well, I get it and I get the story and I know what he's doing and why, you know, he made that choice as far as an outsider looking in. I've never asked him why, um, but has, he did it exactly how he wanted to do that. But I always felt that if, if he had not lived, it would leave a different kind of legacy. It would leave a different kind of, um, um, much like he established in the story, this group of rebels that were mutant 
bad guys, if you will, inspired by evil, turning to good with the bat symbols and the new sort of guardian angels, if you will, it would would have um, um, let them pick up the baton and carry it further yeah. on on their own. And and um and again, that's he did it exactly the way he wanted to do it. But I thought that in this story, I wanted it very specific that um, because it, if you look at the last Ronin as a whole, every single character except for April that Peter and I created um, met their end. Um, and that was what I wanted from the beginning. And I wanted at the end to have um, the turtles all pass away and have that moment um, uh, that, you know, we mirrored with Ben's one page in issue one to the two page spread in issue four five. Um, and have that ending and have that moment where they're, they're all back together and they're in Valhalla, they're, you know, they're in, they're, they're all together again. Um, and then, um, but it was also knowing as a story evolved that um, April would survive and that um, there was a reveal to Casey Marie's, um, not only her um, muted, mutant powers, um, which, you know, we didn't want to explain and leave room to, to do more um, as, as a thought, Um but, you know, it was, it was this idea that, you know, um, both Casey Jones and April had been around and exposed to all things turtles and mutagen and, and stuff for their lifetime. So there's sure. definitely going to be some contamination, you know, to what levels you won't say, you can't say exactly, but, you know, they would be in their system and they're through their DNA passed on a mutant power to, to Casey Marie. Um, and, uh, and then the splinters teachings and, and just all the stuff that needed to be sort of handed off to, to Casey Marie Jones and, and we'll see what she's going to do with it. Cause that's that to me is, um, that was, that was the plan. And that was, um, you know, if, if, if fans liked it enough, um, you know, if we could do more in that universe, that's something I think, um, uh, we'd both like to do very much. I mean, the whole point was the last turtle story, right? Like that's going back. So that that's, it makes perfect sense. It was like, you, yeah. like you should die, you know? Um, last thing. And I'm so sorry to accumulate. Um, no, no, this is, we're good. Uh, did you want to say anything about the, like, the impact and everything it's had? Like we got toys already coming. Like it's just everything. So I'm curious about like overall the impact this has had for you. Well, you know what? I, I, that too, but also like, what has it meant to you personally? Um, this- no, it was, it was, you know, I honestly feel, and uh, um, it, it was with similar surprise to the success of issue one in that, um, you know, when Peter and I did issue one, that it actually sold and actually worked and we got to do more of them. Um, Tom and I thought um, early on, we said, well, you know, if we can at least sell as sell as many as the ongoing series is currently selling, which I already had a wonderful, a wonderful audience and a wonderful support um, for that. And we were having so much fun. So if we can at least sell that many, you know, at least it can carry its, its cost. And um, it really, you know, we're, we're completely blown away um, at times of, you know, times a million, just it, 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 how um, dramatic and how heavy and how um, embraced it was when it, when it hit and that people just went like, Whoa. And, and I think it really, you know, cause it was going back to, for me, it was, you know, uh, like I said, Tom and I got to switch, you know, you get to take a break from driving and get to be ride shotgun. And, and I got to take over the driver's seat again, um, 
um, after watching Tom do such a brilliant job for so many issues and, and go back to the way Peter and I did it and sort of complete a lot of things that had been in my, my brain since the early, you know, since those days, uh, early Mirage days and working on it brought a lot of this, these great memories back and, and, and wanting to wrap up, um, some of this stuff. So it was with great, um, um, Great difficulty. It was the it was the most difficult and challenging story I've done since probably those early days. Oh, wow. um, the the, the um, it just a lot had to go into it. And it had to be so specifically well thought out and 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 in you know and at least you know my version of that. I had to I just made sure that um, you know probably to torturous level <laughs> torturous levels of like I wanted it to be perfect and that was. Um, and, and thank, um, thank goodness for, um, IDW support, Nickelodeon support that they, they definitely gave me and they gave us the room to do it and to do it right. So could not be more thrilled, more pleased and, and ecstatic with, um, the fans reaction. Um, I could not be more pleased that it came out exactly how I wanted to see it. I keep saying I, but it's definitely, you know, Tom, you know, we, 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 we were taking this ride together and, um, and Peter as well. We felt also strongly that it was um, important to represent, you know, the, the, you know, Peter um, in sure. every way, um, you know, um, with it. And so I felt with um, all of those things, the, the satisfaction was, was, um, was, was pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, again, as always, I'm, quite humbled by the fans reaction and they continue to support. I mean, I'm going to be 60 years old in a, in a, in a couple of weeks here. And, um, and I've been drawing, you know, comic books for, you know, 40 of those 60 years. <laughs> I've been drawing them longer when I was younger, but sure. I've been actually making a living for from drawing comics and not, and specifically drawing turtles for, 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 um, most of my life. And man, what a gift. It's just, uh, it's just the best. It's, um, you know, it's the best. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll wish you an early happy birthday. Are you going to GraniteCon this year? Because I think you are, right? Yes, we are. Uh, We're going to. I will see hey, you there. So. Those, yeah, those guys are going to knock it out of the park. I mean. Oh, uh, yeah. The last one they did was great. The, yeah, we. we oh, God, that was amazing. I always love that. Yes. So this one's um, it's fully turtle centric. It's going to be complete madness. And we're super excited to to, to be back. Uh, you know, Courtney and I just finished our second show um, since uh, March of 2020 this year. So we're back out on the road doing shows. And I always, you know, mention to fans, if you want to find out where I am, where I'm going and what we're doing, um, uh, any other news uh, related to Turtles and me, go to KevinEastmanStudios.com. You can find out um, what shows we're coming up. And that's, you know, honestly, I have to check sometimes. But sure. I don't know, I go, where are we going next? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to going back to Granite State. It's, it's, uh, it's home turf. Cool. Uh, thanks for doing this. And huge thank you to Courtney and everybody else who put this together. Yeah. Uh, a huge pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. And you have a great day. You too. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.